0: is gonna see Daddy get a win in San Diego. Chad Reed has done it. 2-2 Motorsports is number one here tonight. The win was Reed's sixth career victory in San Diego, giving him more wins in San Diego than anyone else ever. Reed's win was his first since 2009. Dundee's second straight second place finish also pulled him back into the title race. Stewart took third, but he probably felt like his slip-ups kept him from doing even better. Chad Reed's confidence was soaring after his win in San Diego, and he aimed to keep it going as the circuit headed
1: down to Atlanta.
2: A Pulp MX Network production.
1: A series of the most exciting action imaginable. Checker,
0: five falls for Ryan Filippotto.
2: Dutchie gets five or Welcome to the Leanne Reraceables on pulpmx.com. Mathis and Weed revisit
1: the instant classics from yesteryear, spotlighting those historic moto moments that simply never grow old.
0: welcome everybody to another edition of the liot re Raceables. thank you for listening tell a friend please subscribe and all of that liot.com for more information on that the solitaire guys the mcr guys running the liot head to toe you know them from their neck brace way back in the day they did a great job with but now of course they make everything from mountain bike stuff to moto to moto gear and they've got their new brace uh that they've refined and made it much much better so thank you to the folks at liot for coming on board this show if you want to Get a discount from the folks at com. Email us using the contact form on pulpamex.com. We'll pass, it, uh, pass you on a code to save at shopping with Liat. Thank you to those guys. Re-Raceables. San Diego, 2011. Lots to get into with this. Lots of uh, uh, things going on behind the scenes. And uh, certainly myself and Jason Wygant were there. What's up, Weech? How are you?
1: Yeah. Uh, magical season here, 2011. Um, probably getting now maybe a little overlooked. Uh, as one of the better ones there's been a lot of comparisons this year made with 06 it was more similar as far as like the close points between three guys which we kind of got this year but uh 11 is one of the wilder campaigns now i know you're a little sour cuz steve i don't know if you remember but they literally hung a banner at the 11 finale mm. saying the greatest season ever you were not a fan
0: no no that. no i didn't i didn't mm. i didn't no. like any of that at some point no. uh, in 2000 and at some point in 2000 and uh, oh shit seven or eight Feld is saying closest title fight ever and I'm like hold on hold on we went into 1985 with three points between three riders you know like calm down and 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 it was close yeah. but
1: I I I'd, yeah, yeah.
0: I don't know that kind of stuff just cheeses me off a little bit but yes it, it's it's lots to talk about with this race uh when it comes to to san diego 2011 and it was a little bit of a mutter uh so there's a little bit of that going on and when i rent, went back and watched some highlights there were some people that shot up to me that i'm like oh yeah remember that um so lots to get into when it comes to san diego 2011 thank you to Liet. thank you to guts racing maxis decal works uh scott goggles all on board with us you know how important our guy johnny knows was this night I mean, this is where we
1: shine. This is where we
0: shine. Exactly. This is where we.
1: This might be the best example ever of this is where we shine.
0: I don't know. If you ask Knowles, they'll probably give you 30 examples of where he shines. Okay. I don't know. Right. But uh, thank you to Liat, and thank you to Scott Goggles. Uh, they are uh, excited to be on this ReRaceables podcast. Many of these have included Scott Goggles. Scott, the only goggle made in the USA, whether it's Pro Circuit, Jason Anderson, Caleb Russell, Chad Weenan, uh, Walker Fowler, and more. Uh, Scott Goggle is the global leader in innovation technology and design. Scott has always been proud to support racing from grassroots all the way to the top step of moto and supercross, so thank you to the folks at scott we'll tell you more about Max's guts decal works later and don 't forget we have the Leeatre raceables categories as well coming up uh so we'll get into that and 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 the big race the big reason for this race is chad reed's uh first win uh, as a private team owner, and uh lots to get into when it comes behind the scenes. We have Dave osterman we each as well
1: yes, uh, so Dave was the team manager for this two two operation. We look at this more not as how compelling the race was in San Diego this night, lap by lap. But what was compelling is this Chad Reed story of uh, basically being given up on uh, by many, probably even including us in the industry. Hmm. And then to make it even worse, starting his own team, which uh, almost never works out.
2: (laughs)
0: Right, right. Name us the last time that that thing happened. Yeah,
1: yeah. not only getting it together, but getting it together. I mean, what was this—the this, sixth race of the year or the fifth race of the year? Like, yeah. I mean, this was this was shockingly quick. Uh, so uh, we already have had Chad on this show talking about Anaheim 2014 win on a Kawasaki when the team switched. That was awesome. That was maybe so we're gonna go right,
0: with, right behind this win to me in sort of craziness. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. How big a deal it was. So here we'll go with Dave to just kind of learn the run up to getting this team off the ground and successful in a short amount of time uh that's just as critical to the story as actually this race win
0: Devo's a legend davo was mike bell's mechanic back at factory yamaha when he won the supercross title davo started his own aftermarket company for a while there in the mid 80s davo managed pro circuit davo managed yamaha troy davo's done a lot of things in industry and he's he'll tell us too about how he got started with uh cr22 of course as well um oh and he did the uh the uh, Eric uh, Buell, the Buell uh, motorbike for a bit there. Remember, Buell was coming out with a dirt bike. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Buell
1: was coming out with a dirt bike. Yep, and uh, they were taking the a Rotax 450 engine that was already uh, going into a Can Am race quad. Remember that, Steve? Yep. Yep. You're you were big on the big on that. Remember that? Your, all your quad days yeah that yeah, uh, was huge yeah. yeah yeah but that that uh, the quad with the motor actually did race motocross and C, and that engine was supposed to go into a buell motocross bike and the bike never saw the light of day yeah yep.
0: yeah just trashed yep. after a little while longer devo uh that's a whole other story for another time um yep. about this too I, I'm, I'm super uh i guess proud probably the word i'm proud of the article i did about this on racer x online um i did the formation of team two two and sort of the success. And, and all it was all about this first year. And it's an oral history. It's on RacerX Online under long form online. So if you want to go back and read that, there's, uh, I don't know, 15,000 words of people who are behind the scenes talking about this year with Chad and everybody. So really cool article about how it all started and how it all began. But if we want to rewind just a little bit. Uh, so, yeah, check that article out. If we want to rewind just a little bit. Uh, yeah, Chad wrote Factory Kawasaki. In 2009, Suzuki won the outdoor title. Um, didn't have a ride, got hired by Kawasaki for 2010. Uh, came out, uh, got injured early in Supercross. Didn't him and Stu. They were exited stage left in Supercross with injury. And then he started the outdoors with a win at Hangtown, still one of the weirder wins uh, out there. Uh, and then promptly exited that series at Millville. Just rode off the track. He wasn't doing well. He wasn't gelling with uh, Kawasaki. It, it wasn't working out. He was older at this point, um, and I. Uh, I I make a joke about it now, but at the time, yeah, I, I was saying on the shows like that he might we might never see him again. He was he had some sort of virus. He was uh he was he was a bit of a, um agitated. He, he wasn't a he was mad at a lot of people. He kind of was a little bit arrogant. Uh, I think a lot of the teams were like screw this guy. Like I don't want to deal with him. He's a lot right, um and I can vouch for that. And he bet on himself and started this team and it it goddamn worked, Weech.
1: Yeah, uh, as Chad has told this story, and again, you can read that all in your the, the, the long form the story you were talking about. He had a two-year deal with Cowie and Monster, and he could have stayed and just taken the money, but didn't feel like it was going to work for him, either the bike or the team, or maybe he just needed a fresh start for himself. And, dude, the rumors throughout the offseason were all over the map uh, of what he was going to do. And then he was in Australia, I think, and they started with their own media saying like he's going to build – Uh, a Frankenstein bike. Do you remember hearing that?
0: No, I don't. I don't remember that. No.
1: Yeah, like one of the headlines is that he's going to do his own team. And it was like, the way they framed it was like, he's going to take the best parts of every motorcycle and turn it into the best bike. Like, He's going to have like a Suzuki engine and a Cowie frame or something. Uh, It wasn't quite that, but it was like, we were getting signals out of Australia while he was down there. Because Chad was, was he part of the Supercross series? He's been in and out through the years. I think he might have still been part of their Supercross series at the time. Uh, so it was like he was doing press for that. And then also there were hints about him making his own team. And we're like, what is this going to be? And what is it going to look like? But bottom line is none of us really thought it was going to be good. (laughs) It usually, no, this is the reeking of desperation, hoping to get some paychecks. That's what it normally is, uh, for rider that level. But you know what, Steve, I will say it shows how the sport has changed because Chad at this point is probably 28. Mm -hmm. Maybe. Yeah. I'd say, yeah. Uh, you know, at that point, we were programmed to believe once you lose it, you're done. You're not getting it back. Um, we've come a long way now. I mean, Barsha just won a race over the weekend, and he's 31 years old, and we don't even blink. Um, you know, Barsha's been around forever, and the idea of Barsha being as good as he's ever been is not that crazy. But back then, it wasn't just a team thing. It was just, oh, I mean, Chad's been at the top six, seven years. That's it. That's the run you get. You're never going to stay this good for this long. No one ever did. So I think that was part of it, not just the team thing. It's just in with the old, out with the new. It's the way the sport has always been up until really about now.
0: Yeah, there was there was no uh, no factory teams that were going to touch him. You know, there just wasn't. No, it wasn't no. wasn't going to work. And nope, he decided to do his own thing on a privateer Honda. And he came out and
1: the yeah. team. And, won- and you got to give Pro Circuit the credit. Like that yeah. was, it didn't turn out to be a Frankenstein. It turned out to be yeah. a Honda built by Pro Circuit.
0: Yep. Yep. And, yep. Uh, and uh, Mitch Payton gave him some love. They came out, they all had yep. red pants on, you know, <laughs> yeah. they had uh, Oscar yep. was the suspension guy and Lars was the mechanic. Dave was the team manager. Um, Yeah. The Bueller, the, the Chad's Motorhome driver was a big part of the team, Joel Bueller. Um, and they came out in Anaheim and, you know what? They yeah, everything looked pretty good. He wasn't on pace to start the season, right? He was like fifth and sixth yep. places. And I specifically remember Oakland, he got second. He passed Dunge on the last lap or near the end. And I remember thinking like, "Oh, that's good." Like he Yeah. He got on a podium. Like th- this is a success. Like he got back on the podium on a privateer bike. This is a success. Uh good good job for Chad and everybody and yay, it's really worked out. Well, Shit! He got on the podium in Oakland. He got on the podium again in Anaheim too, uh, and then he ended up winning this race in San Diego. And then he would go on to finish just a few points back of Villapoto in the title fight. And this is Stu's there and Dunge's there, and yeah, like this is a incredible comeback season for for CR22. And of course, this is the old Qualcomm Stadium in San Diego, which he loved so much. So. This gamble on himself uh, – oh, and it, oh, by the way, too, we should mention he got a factory Honda about halfway through the year, and that's qu- chronicled in the article. They started with some triple clamps. They started with some races, and they slowly uh, got um, uh, more and more parts until – it was a factory Honda for the second half of the year.
1: Um, well, you can actually find the exact list of what he had in this race because I've went back and read – a good way to know about these old races, there's this column called Observation. hmm are you no. familiar with this one?
0: I am, no. and I don't know why I didn't search that. I, I did I, I yeah. saw the photo gallery from this race. I watched the race on bar to bar. I read the recaps a few times. I did not search observations. That got, that's a great column.
1: Okay. Uh well it'll be <laughs> okay, he for, uh, no. okay, he says he just well, says okay. Yeah, some some people that way. <laughs> okay. Uh I'll have an interesting test for you, Steve. Okay. We have a lit kit award on this podcast, correct? Yes, we do. Well, no cheating. Do not go and read Observations, okay. San Diego 11 now. All but right. you actually handed out a best-dressed award. Okay. And we'll see if your feelings okay. align. All I don't right. think they will because I do not remember this gear at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, and picked who was a, wearing it,
0: I have picked a lit kit for the Lee Reraceables category already based yeah. on Garth Milan's shots from this night.
1: Mm. So. It will be very interesting to see if you agree with yourself from okay. uh, 12 years ago. Okay. Yeah. Uh, uh, but I can tell you, Chad, yeah, at this point they didn't have much. I think he had some transmission stuff and uh that's about it and you actually get in this debate in OBS, and i guess you had had chad actually on pulp um that night or, okay. or monday after yep. this race uh-huh. is he a privateer yeah or not oh
0: yeah well it's 2023 that debate's still going on
1: oh literally did you hear that when uh, max won over the weekend it was a privateer win that davy Millsaps and oh yeah bobby no. hewitt and all those guys were like hey, no, no, hey don't forget
0: milsaps called me too Yep. Yeah,
1: yep. that's what I heard. He did not contact me, but he contacts several. I didn't know you were on his list to let him know, to let people know. Like Privateer wins. It's just so. I hate to say this. Is this an eye test thing? Is that what it is?
0: I think is it, it like, kind of is. I think it kind of <laughs> is. Right? Like I mean, <laughs> right? Yeah. It's like
1: I, we just. This is probably not fair, but it's like ah, oh, you're Chad Reed. You got a semi, and your staff is made of well-established people, and we see a kit forks on your bike same thing with you Millsaps. it's not rick ryan it's just not
0: yeah no it's not a, but but it is something in there it's in the nether right war, it's in the, yes. the 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 ether of that yeah 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 i don't know it's tough it, it is I, really those tough. guys
1: have a right to be mad to not this is not a factory team by any means no, chad's but
0: you can't buy tough. those clamps and races that chad got on that bike so
1: mm, that's a factory part so yeah. I don't, yeah. Now, I don't know what that gentleman I don't know what that gentleman said in observation. Yeah,
0: Millsaps had none of that apparently, but but yeah. you know, he's getting a salary and he's showing yeah, god, I don't know. Um
1: Yeah, yeah. Chad also said did not get bonuses. He got twelve grand in Honda contingency. Yeah, according to you and OBS back then.
0: Uh, well, that, listen, no, those are facts in that column. So you just you just, okay. so That's the Bible. <laughs> Indisputable. That's the Bible yeah. of Moto right there. Yeah. Um, well, what I remember is yeah. I think
1: Chad got the full factory bike. Really, only when Kennard got hurt at the yeah. end of the year. I think he. I think it was the last half. He, he I think it was it.
0: the last six or seven races, if I remember right. Um, oh, okay. Yep. So speaking of Canard, though, um, yeah, watching this and reading about it. Trey won the week uh, for the first time in four years. Trey won a four 450 Supercross the week before in uh, Houston. And then this race, he takes the lead from Chad, and he goes down. It's muddy and sloppy and all that kind of stuff. And he goes down. And then I just started thinking, like, and we've praised Trey Kennard before. We had him on here for the 08. That dude could go fast. <laughs> that dude, oh, yeah. That dude oh, yeah. could go fast all the time. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's very few in uh, street bike racing, they used to refer to them as the aliens. Like, you know, there's only three or four guys that could go that speed, and everybody else, you're not going to win. You know, that's the way this sport is, and Cunard mm-hmm. was definitely one of them. Like, he could go with Chad, Stu, Ryan, and Ryan. He could. Yeah, yep. Yep, yep. on the right yep. night. And, and, he's beaten Ken Roxon straight up for Supercross wins, you know, you name it. At some point, he's beaten any one of those guys straight up.
0: And what's the Millsaps year? Was that 13? 13? Yeah, 13. Yeah. So two years after this, he comes back again and races with Millsaps and Anaheim won out of nowhere. And, God, yeah, you watch this, and you. I watch the highlights of Houston, and Trey's just gone. just passes everybody, and he's gone. And, and you know, this is Stu and Villo and Dunge and Reed. And he's right on there. He's right there, Uh, and he's leading yeah. Diego. He's leading this race until he goes down. Um, You know, and obviously, yeah, hey, look, uh, who knows if he would have held it on. It is slippery and all that, but uh, Trey, a tip of the visor to Trey Canard's speed, just once again. <laughs> so yep,
1: yeah, he, respect,
0: yeah, respect. Like, you're, there's not too many guys that that did that at his level and could go like that fast for those short supernova moments of Trey Canard's career. Um, yep. Uh, by the way, too, uh, Wyndham and Burn are one-two in the LCQ in this race. So I don't know what goes what? on in the heats, but. But they have to go to the LCQ, Wyndham, and Burn. Uh, so yeah, tough, tough night for those two guys and uh, and all of that in the in the main event. Um, also, um, I played I played at the top of this show. Uh, we each Chad's podium speech. Did you happen to listen to that?
1: Uh, no. Where, is, where did you get that? Where
0: did you find on, that? It's on Bar to Bar.
1: Oh, I didn't realize there were interviews.
0: Yeah, and I
1: watched. I don't know how I missed that. I'm pretty okay. sure it was
0: on there. This is the slow like JT comment. This is the Wait. this is the Tate told me I'm slow like J T. Oh really? Yeah, it's this race. Yeah.
1: Slow like J T. Fan- oh, legendary moment. Fantastic. So Oh, it's great. Oh. Uh, yes. Chad's son said you're going slow like Uncle J T essentially. Yeah,
0: wow. Yeah. Yeah. Poor J T. And, and Chad says, I don't wanna I don't wanna do that. I don't wanna be that.
1: <laughs> That's, no, 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 JT's no, a low bar. That is not a bar <laughs> that Chad would ever accept.
0: Oh boy. Um, Do you
1: think, Chad, in that final like, year when he was like, coming in with a broken leg like on a, a this real privateer husky and he's barely getting in through LCQs, was he thinking, oh, my God, this I, is starting to become JT-like?
0: I wonder. Because it was. He probably did. He prob- it was. It was exactly JT-like. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> he probably <laughs> did start thinking this is getting too close.
0: Yeah. Yeah. He cor- tore his <laughs> Achilles at r- straight rhythm, right? And then he yeah just was never... Never good. Or whatever it is, yeah, ankle, yeah, yeah. tip, yeah. fib, I don't know right, what it was. It right. was lower leg. No, for yeah. sure. Uh, by the way, thanks to our folks at DecalWorks, decalmx.com. Uh, they they give Weege graphics, but um, they don't take responsibility for anything that hap- happens after the graphics a- a- arrive in North Carolina. Uh, yeah, yeah. Publix 23 fair. to save 20% off your custom graphics. DecalWorks, number one, for many reasons, upholding the true definition of quality, service, and knowledge. Thank you, DecalWorks, Ron, and Sean, and everybody there. And thank you to the folks at Scott Sports, Maxis Tires, MXSTs used by uh, I'm a Graph guy and A Ray. I mean, similar similar careers, and uh, yep, great yep. great mountain bike tires as well, light truck tires, trailers, trailer tires. Our buddy uh, Chris there at Maxis doing great work, and uh, mountain bike tires. I use the Minions out here, in case you're wondering. Um, thank you to uh, Chris at Maxis MaxisTires.com. And again, if you want to save with Leit, send us an email using the contact form on PulpMX.com. We will uh, pass that on. And uh, uh, you'll get a discount code to save. So, San Diego 2011, Lee at Reraceables. Yeah, so, again, not a particularly thrilling race. Stu gets into second and stalls it and ends up with third on the points. Villo crashes on the opening lap, gets all the way to seventh. Um, And, yeah, Trey leads and then falls falls, and Chad goes on to win. Chad starts second, gets the lead. When Trey falls, it's not so much the race itself. It's just the Chad Reed is back on top of the sport. And as we said, he would go on to have a terrific season. And then he would kind of struggle. He would break his uh, or tear his knee up and switch to Cowie. And, oh, he's done again. And then go back and listen to the re-race the Bulls with Chad for 2014 or 2013 Anaheim. He's back on top again. It's just, this is what this guy did. It is 2014. Oh, 2014, yeah. yeah. This is what this guy does. Yeah, absolutely. So,
1: yeah, uh, it, you're right. Again, at this point, it all seemed new and crazy, and we did not know that coming back from the dead would literally become as much of a calling card for Chad as podiums. Uh, <laughs> but this was just the first, <laughs> yeah. the first of you cannot kill this guy. Right. You uh, right. would learn it foolish to Cause, ever, ever, ever. Because
0: yeah. '08 obviously wins the title. '09 Suzuki he uh, doesn't win the title indoors, but he has a great season, and then he wins the outdoor title, and he's back on top. And then the Cowie year goes to shit. And then he comes back as a privateer and he gets back to the top and then he's kind of maintains that. Then he gets injured, had some bad results, switches to Cowie again, a privateer. You're like, he's done. Oh no, he wins again. Uh, now he's, it's just, yeah, Chad Reed, everybody. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, and then, and, the and then you can I make a say, oh, sorry. I, you can make a case that he was done again. and Any podiums at JGR? Yeah, uh, you know, yeah, on yep. a
1: Suzuki, yep. even back then, Suzuki's already being made fun of mm-hmm. and that's four years ago. Right. Yeah. Also, also, the other compelling thing about 2-2 is Chad, the all-time, maybe most vocal, and Dave Osterman will say this here, complainer about teams and motorcycles that he's on, right? Yeah. Maybe no one more vocal in the media, social media about bikes and teams and and complaints about teams he's on. Yeah. So I think, Steve, you've got to think. You've got to think that the teams he had ridden for were rubbing their hands together. When Chad said he was going to start his own team.
0: Mm hmm. Yeah.
1: And they were going to be like, oh, now he's going to see. Now he's going to see how hard it is. But I feel like he made good on himself. He got himself what he said he always wanted, and then he performed. Mm hmm. Yep. Yep. I would agree with I that. I mean, he was spending a lot of money to do it right.
0: And then when you look at, um, you know, we talked to people that were involved in the team and close to the team. He was spending so much money to do things the way he wanted to do that they were like, dude, this is, you know, and Dave, Dave will tell a great story in here about a box fan. Um, he just yep. was just draining money. Uh, now they had did have bell Ray that first year and they had some good sponsors, yeah. uh, discount tire and all that. But apparently, you know, behind the scenes, whether it was shipping, uh, uh, parts for bikes, box vans, he was just spending money. There was no cutting corners, no saving money from Chad Reed on CR 22 two days.
1: No, and it just kept – I don't even know – you mentioned Oscar. I don't know if Oscar was there right from the start.
0: Oh, okay. Was he Stu's Stu's guy still?
1: Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I think so. I guess the point is, like, every year Tutu would step up more and more and more, add another high-end guy, another high-end thing, eventually brought, what, uh, Dean Gibson over, right, Yep, as an engine guy.
0: Shane Drew, yeah.
1: Shane Drew, yeah, yeah. He just kept stepping up and up and up and up.
0: You know, funny, uh, I watched some highlights of this season – and obviously the stew to yamaha will never be looked at as a positive move uh, with the new bike and the new motor and everything else and then you watch these bar to bar highlights and he again stew wins the second and third rounds right so he's he's stewish again and he's leading the points and villo is then grabs the lead back you watch you watch him though and dude he's loose he's clipping things he's he's front end low front end high he's clipping jumps he's going for things uh, you're just yeah you're like oh yeah like just wasn't he never looked good on it he never looked stew like on this bike and he was he was still winning and i was watching these highlights going oh look at that one and look at that one and, and when we did phoenix uh whatever we did phoenix whatever year that was um with jb i think um just yeah yeah didn't look good again yeah. you know just uh i don't know
1: yeah i feel uh kind of bad for Stu here because um this is the tough spot all riders are in. You know, he 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 wasn't going to go out of his way early in this generation of Yamaha. He barely raced in 2010 on it, right, when the bike debuted. Uh, so this is still early days in 2011. I mean, Stu's only had, what, really you're looking at seven or eight races on this bike total at this point. Yeah. Um, you know, and I think he's trying to not throw Yamaha and the team under the bus instantly. Uh, but he's looking much more mortal yes. uh, than Stu. Yeah. And now, I mean, he's very, very vocal these days about how bad that bike was, at least for him. And, I mean, watching these races back, bro, it's bad. It yeah. looks yeah, he just, terrible. He
0: looks – the bike looks big, too. It looks like it's pulling him around, right? Um, it looks like um, – Stu's not a big guy. a plate. Yeah.
1: yeah, yeah. It looks like it's uh, rocking – it looks like it's never it's, – it's either going – it's pitching front yes. to back all yes. the time.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's
1: yeah. – Yep. Yeah, and um, you know, and in the moment he's not going to say it publicly. So for us as media, it's probably not fair. We're probably bashing on him more than we should, but we don't know it's the bike because they won't tell us. And a lot of it is like, ah, it's crazy balls, Stu. Of course, it looks, yeah. you know, he's wide open. Of course. So I do feel bad looking back now, where mm-hmm. so much of this is like, what's up with Stu? Why is he so mortal? Well, a lot of it was the bike. We either he wasn't saying, or we didn't know, or we didn't realize. I feel bad.
0: You, you definitely nailed it. It's pitchy. Up, it's high, it's low, it's all that. Um, you know what?
1: Yeah, it looks like it's always bouncing. Front wheel, back wheel, front wheel, back wheel, front wheel, back wheel. Back wheel. You know what I'm gonna do? Yeah.
0: You know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna uh, okay. I'm gonna get in my truck. I think uh, on the off week, maybe after Salt mm. Lake, mm. I'm get in my truck. I'm gonna load up my 2023. Mm. I'm gonna drive to Florida, and I'm gonna get Stu to ride the new gen. Oh, yeah. Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna get him to ride the new gen and be all like, right. hey man. All right. As a Yamaha representative, which, you know, I'm an okay. ambassador for those guys, yeah. uh, we're yeah. sorry. And we would like you to ride this su- on the Supercross track right now.
1: So, uh, a couple things here. Yeah. Uh, so, you th- that's the easiest way to get a bike to stew, you think?
0: <laughs> well, it's, I mean, it's, it's off the top of my head. Yeah,
1: yeah. Okay, drive from Vegas. <laughs> well,
0: I want to ride my bike. My bike is set up. Yeah.
1: Well, I know, yes. I know you've been doing some testing. Yeah. Yeah. You've been doing some testing. Right. Uh You're kind of like how they had Chiz set up the bike for Roxxon yeah. this year. Is it like that?
0: No, for Tomac. Yeah. No. Oh, Chiz on your. Hep. I'm sorry. I thought yeah, you were going Yeah. Chiz set yeah. up the Suzuki right. for Well, he also set year, up so. the Yamaha for Tomac a little bit, too. That's funny. But, anyways, yeah.
1: Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. Okay. Yeah. So you're basically Chiz. Yeah. You're basically Chiz. Yeah. And I'm
0: going to. I mean, I think I'll just tell him, like, hey, I will plan to be there at noon. Just meet me there in your gear.
1: You know? Well that was gonna be my other question. Oh, what yeah. were the logistics? Were you just gonna show up and beep the horn and be like, Hey <laughs> let's just roll up in the driveway, beep the horn with a bike in the back or uh, what?
0: Yeah. Yeah, that yeah. I mean I can't get him a text to text me back right now, so I don't know if that's gonna if he'll agree to it on that one. So But I, hey, I knowing like, Chiz, yeah,
1: yeah, what are the odds Chiz, even though he's riding for a Suzuki team right now? If James said, Hey, I was listening and he won't, but let's say James listened to this and thought that's a cool idea. Yeah. Do you think if James texted Chiz right now and said, hey, Chiz, I want to try one of these new Yamahas. Could you ride it a little bit and get it set up for me and then bring it to my house? Would Chiz do it?
0: Oh, 100%. <laughs> oh, 100%. Chiz would. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Chiz would do it. Yeah, no. It wouldn't. <laughs> of course.
1: So Chiz would be like, I got some time on Tuesday when I'm done testing this bike. I'll do 100 laps on this other one.
0: Okay, so that's <laughs> that's what I want to do. I'm going to.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So okay. I'll, I'll work on that. Way.
0: Yeah, I'll work yep. on that, and uh, I'll let All you right. know. But maybe we can get um, uh, Spencer out there or somebody from Racer X to to make
1: it. I'd film. say it'd be worth a video. I do feel okay. like it would All be. Right. Okay. I do feel like it would be pretty cool. Yeah. I, I think people would. I think a few people would watch.
0: Yeah. Stu, I'm here.
1: Yeah, just to beep the horn. <laughs> If you don't have giddy, bring some gear just in case he doesn't have any. Oh yeah, Does okay, have,
0: sure. Yeah, I'll bring some fly. stuff. He owns stuff. a gear company. Yeah, I don't know, yeah. but I have
1: no idea if he's current.
0: No, I'll bring fly. Yeah, I'll bring some fly stuff. Oh, yeah. Thirty okay. eight? you <laughs> think he's a thirty eight? I don't. Not anymore. So I, I don't know. Yeah, it's a whole thing. Um. All right. No, he's
1: uh he's skinny now. He, he no, that's what I mean, that yeah, the,
0: he's he's good. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, he he compared uh, last week on his pod, he said that, you know how, Webb went from the fifty two to the forty eight yeah. forks. Yeah. He said that was 2021 James and 2023 James. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Slim down. A, I need
0: to listen to more of his pods.
1: That's pretty good.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I need to. I, I'm I'm falling behind. Uh, okay, okay. So yeah, again, Chad Reed. Thank you, uh, uh, everybody, for listening. Chad Reed's 2011 Super uh, San Diego win. He loves San Diego. Uh, this was a super cool race, and I specifically do remember thinking that. Oh, I'm glad he got on the podium at Oakland. That's good. Good for Chad. You know, it's all gonna work out. And then the dude almost won the title. So um shall we talk to Osterman let's do it all right here's uh here's Dave Osterman and uh he's the uh, team manager back in the CR22 days talking about this race and really more the formation of the team and get it going and working with Chad and all of that on the Liat re-raceables all right so we've been talking about uh Chad Reed and starting CR22 and uh getting his first win as a private team owner and all of that here on the Liat re but uh yeah, let's talk to a man who was instrumental behind the scenes in getting things going, the man that Chad hired to be his team manager and uh, and stayed for the duration of the uh, of the existence of the team. He's a former factory mechanic, Supercross championship winning mechanic. Uh, he invented the Oz line over at uh, Answer. He's done a lot in the industry. It's Dave Osterman. What's up, man? How are you?
2: How are you guys doing? I'm doing good.
0: Thanks for doing this. Appreciate it, Dave-o. Uh, yeah, we, we got a lot to talk to you about. And we're going to call you back one time to talk about Mike Bell or something. All right? So sure. Yeah. I'm
2: still welcome. I, I still, Steve, I'm still waiting to come up and do a mountain bike ride with you and BS with you. And yeah. Stuff.
0: Yeah. Well, you don't ride the intense taser. So I don't know if we can ride together, davo you ride the other brand, but we'll figure it out.
2: Yeah. You know, it's, uh, <laughs> I'm, that's just kind of the way it worked out, but Hey, uh, 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 John Ayers is the one that got me the hookup on that bike. So he's still an industry guy. So, yeah. so there, uh, it's there you all go.
0: Good. Uh, all right, let's, uh, let's get going. So Dave, uh, take us through um, what you're doing when Chad calls you to ask you to manage this team he's starting. What you're doing and and how you know how much you were into the job and and did you consider not taking it? Did you have something else going on or kind of take us back to the beginning?
2: Sure. What was interesting? He didn't reach out to me. I actually reached out to them through a consortium of people like Eric Kehoe, Mitch Payton, guys like that. I had my, as they say, my, my ear to the ground, trying to hear what was going on for next season for a guy like me and guys like me, as you know, Steve, we're either loved or hated because we're either too good at what we do or people think you have this or that going on. So I, but I networked around to the point where Eric Kehoe basically said, look, here's Steve Astefen's phone number, reach out to him, introduce yourself. I might've bumped into Steve once or twice in the trenches, but I didn't really have a good uh as they say recollection. So I, I just cold called him, introduced myself. He was outside of what anybody else says about him, he was really straight up with me, always good with me. I could say anything to him and he would say certainly anything back because he's that way. But so it was uh it was really good. And he basically at the end of listening to me, he basically hooked me up with Chad. At that point, and and that you know, I was acquainted with Chad from the Yamaha track and all that stuff with YOT, but it was more high goodbye. I think, I think Frenchie was actually tighter with Chad than I was, um, uh, it, it, at the time. But, but again, he knew of me, and I knew of him, uh, whether how much or how little. So, uh, <clears throat> and as the story goes, I ended up meeting him eventually at his hotel. As I say, it's like, it's like a seven-star hotel in Newport Beach. He comes walking out, you know, in flip-flops in a, in, in a T-shirt, typical uh, uh, Chad attire for that time of the year weather. He comes out, we met, and I got to tell you, when I first shook his hand, you know, I started the thing with the shark eye and all that, because he's just, guys that know him kind of get that when I say that, but I invented that because I've been around a lot of the top guys many generations but the thing about Chad Reed, when he shook my hand and then he had that look in his eye, it was like almost a blank look, like the blackness of a great white shark. But when he shook my hand on that day, that fateful day, it felt like winning, like like energy was gone from him into me. And I, I don't want to make it sound like a touchy-feely thing, but I mean, I hit the ground running. I didn't even have a contract. I wasn't even sure if I even got it. But he was just so sure of himself. You know, it's like the guy going up, I'm going to knock that guy out or I'm going to hit that home run. He was just – I had never been around a guy like that before. And I've been around a lot of top guys that certainly are legendary guys from many generations. And he was definitely unique. And I think you guys know, being historians in the sport as well, that that from the Stewart-Carmichael area with with Wyndham, I got only so many grades. Let me shut my compressor off. (laughs) And uh, (laughs) so as I say, I hit the ground running. And I also have a saying that the calendar waits for no one. I used to say that to crew all the time when people are always behind the eight ball. But you guys know too well, I've even heard Jason say it on the show, the calendar doesn't wait for anyone. And so the thing was, it seemed at the time when we were developing, when we were developing as a team, that was kind of unheard of calendar-wise. I didn't even know we could pull it off. But I had Mitch's undivided help and support. More people were writing Chad off at that point because he had that reputation. And what was interesting then, he was a little apprehensive of me, too, because at the time, his wife Ellie told me the story that still still sticks pretty good with me because you know, you guys, that they, they people talk more about what they, they don't know than what they really know about somebody, just just perception or, or hearsay. and. You know, Chad's like, man, I hear this Debo guy's gnarly, and I hear he's this, he's there's that, I watched the video from YOT, you know, you know, as good as he is, and this and that, boy, he's really, he could be this and that and the other thing, and Ellie says, look, buddy, he's saying everything we're hearing about Debo, they're kind of saying about you as a writer, or as a <laughs> prospective owner, maybe, as they say, opposites attract, but you guys, you guys seem to be kind of on the same page, I, I've met him, I really like what I think he's about. I think mm-hmm. I think this could click. And so at her behest, then then the first initial meet and greet and handshake <clears throat> excuse me turned into a secondary thing. I I was already told by Steve Astafan they already had a deal uh to put to rest with Factory effects, you know, handling our look, our graphics and whatnot, uh helping Chad design the semis. because Chad Chad and Ellie did everything. Uh, with all that. And, and as you guys know, in the in the years we were together, I think we kind of turned on the whole industry for people to follow. It was pretty innovative, pretty, pretty forward thinking. And then outside of that, we had the undivided support of, of Mitch at Pro Circuit as well as our suspension partners. But in the beginning, man, I had fuel in my house. I was pulling my hair out. I was like a lot of miles on the highway. As I said, the calendar waits for no one. So I, I was running around like, again, like a chicken with my head cut off, but, Again, that's kind of one of my my strong points. Thank God I got hooked up with Lars. But, but, but when I actually started, Shane Weslow Torn, my driver, mm-hmm. and Joel Bueller, they were already in the fold. They were already orchestrating a truck and a trailer, which you guys might remember from, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, from I think it was the MDK uh, rig we bought or something like that. I, I'm a little foggy on that but that was all being handled between Shane and Joel. So I didn't have to deal with any of that with, with, with with securing the rig. Uh, At one point I was involved in it, but all that in its infancy, that was Joel and Shane. So, and they did a hell of a job with that. Um, And I, and I was only acquainted with those guys, even if that. So, but I was West coast, obviously SoCal based. So everything ran out of my house. And then with Lars in the beginning, I was kind of pulling my hair out because it was just yours truly. And, and, Thank God for Pro Circuit, but man, I was burning up the freeways like no one's business. Thank God the gas prices weren't what they were then, what they are now in SoCal. But <laughs> I, I was really doing a lot of that. And then uh, again, Mitch and Bones were 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 great, and 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 Damon uh, Conkrite, that, that's now at the Husky KTM group. Um, he was he was like my dyno guy and engine guy. We, we were in contact, and and again, I was like, I was probably at PC more than I was home or going to Castillo's and this and that, and you guys have been around Chad before. Out of all the athletes I've been around, and you guys have been around, Chad loves to eat and live well, and and he showed up, and he he, he, he didn't even look like, really like he he he, he, he could win a race, it, it, per se. <laughs> <coughs> you know, He was in he off-season loves- shape at this yeah, point. he was in <laughs> good life. Why not? He earned it. But mm-hmm. he would go in these training regimes, and I got to tell you, just Steve was a, a, a pro mechanic, so he'll get this. I mean, I was leaving Castillo's almost every day, racing the pro circuit. You guys have been to both places. Racing to Castillo's, we only had one set, maybe two of A-kit suspension through Mitch. And and you guys, from Monday to Wednesday, I was getting suspension completely redone. Because Chad Safe. was in his cleansing diet and his push-ups and sit-ups with, with his trainer, Peter Park, at the time. I, I mean... The suspension had to evolve as his training improved, his weight loss. I mean, it was it was almost like when you watch one of those werewolf movies and the guy morphs from the the the, the human <laughs> into the wolf. It was like every other day, I was running to bones and and and, and not so much engine stuff, mainly suspension stuff, because Chad was dropping pounds like no one's business, and and his speed would increase. So the suspension was always upgrading, upgrading, upgrading. upgrading. And then Lars lived in Thousand Oaks, so Lars and I had a system kind of worked out. And thank God uh, uh, Chad brought him on early, and and that really worked well. A lot of the stuff was done out of Lars's garage. A lot of the stuff was done out of my garage, like I was warehousing tires and this and that. Lars was doing things with the parts and this and that. And then during that process, Mitch was seeking out other crew to join the fold, you know, and this and that. (laughs) So... You know, again, as it came together, it uh, it, it was kind of cool because um, you know the management side, WMG, with Steve Astafin and his guys, they were arranging and handle, handling things that I would just have to police and 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 kind of get into play. Then uh, through through Steve Astafin's uh, network, I, I was assigned a girl, if you call it. I, I really loved her. She was a real asset, a college educated girl. She's now uh, Courtney Roxon. But Courtney Savage at the time, mm-hmm. Blake Savage's uh, sister, she was assigned to me. And she handled a lot of this stuff, you guys, you know, goes on like Jason, you know, like a lot of the PR stuff. Because my phone was always ringing just with stuff that almost really didn't matter. Um, stuff that would maybe happen into the season and coordinating and trying to book dates and this and that. So she would handle a lot of the PR kind of stuff or things, scheduling with that. So it really took a lot off my plate. It was still on my plate, but I could actually get with her and, and intertwine with her in such a way that she would take a big load off at some of these things with getting approvals and certain things from Chad and Ellie, um, which actually took a big load off so I could focus on other things. So it was a really, as I say, when, when we developed, it was a really well-oiled, kind out of out-of-control machine. Uh, again, we knew what the, you know, the date was for, for the calendar and this and that, and we saw Chad's improvements and, 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 uh, but again, you know, there was no doubt in my mind and I've been around, as I said, a lot of champions, a lot of confident guys, but he really exuded that, you know, like mm-hmm. he was more like a prize fighter than a racer. Cause he always knew he had that punch in him, you know, you just didn't know when it was going to show up and, 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 uh. Yeah, man, and then, then we finally showed up, and I think we turned some heads with everything. You know, Chad's Chad's. You know, people say I'm anal, but he's way worse than me, or we're very similar with with his detail and with the clothes. and And Steve, you probably remember from the Yamaha days, with you know, Yamaha was shit. They were they were white, blue, black, and gray. You know, yeah, that that was a spectrum of color. Well, Chad's a colorful guy, and he wants, you know, he he even dresses nice when he's casual at the hotel. So for him it was also an expression of him and ellie to do things in conjunction with fox and shift and 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 his other sponsors so he was like not only did he want to have a winning race team he wanted to have a winning look it was kind of a whole package and again you know you're you're around guys that worry about the training or the bike or or or, or every every aspect of the bike because you know the team does all the stuff with the look or the team does all the stuff with the photos but What was unique here is Chad was the owner and the racer, almost like a NASCAR type guy or a drag race guy, where the guy in the car is actually the owner of the team. So um, it it was an interesting dynamic because all of us on the storied crew, as they say, at whatever time of the crew, most of us were factory guys at one point, like you, Steve, where, where there's certainly upper management of two or three levels with engineering, and they kind of run the show. We just put the pieces into play, but but here, all the yeses and noes was really Chad. And, <laughs> and,
0: yeah, really, and, right? <laughs>
2: yeah, and, and and you you guys have been around him. For him to go focus on lap times at Castillos, and, and then have to worry about all this stuff. But again, it was a well-oiled machine between his management, me, uh, uh, Courtney, his wife. I dealt with Ellie a lot, and and. It was really cool. And and Chad's stable wasn't full of kids then. Um, So um, he was a lot freer, so to speak. He wasn't actually a dad yet. And right at that, time, I think... ...which I've had a pretty good one with a lot of high notes. He's one of the more magical times because I think you guys would agree. We kind of woke up the industry... Which is which a little stale. You look at all the team guys from the waist up. They all have the shirts from the waist down. They're all black pants, gray pants. You know, Chad was really, you know, every year we were re-wrapping the truck. You know, I mean, who does that? You see most of the semis out there that are beautiful, like Big Beast Truck or the KTM, the new rig. That'll be that way for X years. Chad would change it up. You know, every season we had a new look. we go to the rap guy. And, you know, you guys have been around like I have. None of that stuff's cheap. But he would do it, and 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 because he was really, really kind of forward thinking with that kind of little uh, little MotoGP and F1 uh, flavor to it, like when we did the red pants later on. But but he always wanted to. He was all about performance and standing out. Like he wanted to look badass just in the pits, you know. Yeah. And he was really conscious of that, and kind of let me have a lot of freedom. And and again, you know, Keith McCarty a hundred years ago, my YOT days told me one day when I was kind of straightening that boat out, he, he kind of said, you know, Dave, oh, you got, sometimes you gotta, when you walk around the pits, you gotta, you gotta step back and you kind of got to look at yourself, you know, see what other people are doing as opposed to you <clears throat> kind of objectively. Cause then, and you can see if a couple of your mechanics have their shoes untied or this or that, you know, cause everybody gets so wrapped up, you might not even notice these things, which, Which, if a guy like Jason walks up to do a TV spot, he doesn't want to walk up and see guys out with their zippers down and their shoes up. But that happens because everybody's human. But so we really tried to be better than most, right down to our autograph signs and all our fixtures. And as they joke with me, with the tablecloths and all that kind of stuff. But it was really because Astafan and Chad were all about this also brings money in. This will bring the discount tires in. This will bring the Walmarts in because they want to see something that is really a winning look, a winning appeal, a winning function, even even right down to the results, you know, and and he kind of had all that. They, the only anomaly to the whole team, I think you guys will realize, we put so much focus behind Chad Reed and the whole machine that was Chad Reed, you know, later on, I'm jumping ahead now. But when you, when he eventually got hurt, we didn't have a backup guy. He was the hood ornament for the whole thing. So, Mm -hmm. and even though it stalled us out, people can say a lot of things about Chad Reed, but, and you've been around, Steve, and so has Jason. I can't name any team owner that would keep the guys going at full pay and full everything while he was on the couch healing. I mean, we still, we still marched forward and we still did everything. I know that's a little ahead of your story, Mm -hmm. but, but, because I get everybody always wants, everybody wants to know the bad stuff about Chad and Ellie, they don't want to know the good stuff. But, but I'm like, look, if he, oh, he's arrogant, he's this, he's that, and I go, look if if, if Chad doesn't step into the ring and think he's going to knock the guy out outside of his talent at his level, you've got to be a little bit cocky, yeah, you know, if, if Ricky Carmichael wasn't a little bit full of himself, he would never be Ricky Carmichael. so and you can do all the push-ups and sit-ups in the world. I think i I think you know, even Lance Armstrong, outside of what he did or didn't do he still rode the damn bike, you know what I mean? So yeah, yeah. so I, I still think these guys, like a Mike Tyson or some of these guys, uh, like a Langston or, or some of these guys, Carmichael, in their era, there's a few unique guys, even on the European side, Nicola, uh, Carlquist, you know, some of these guys, DeCoster, they, they brought something to the fold that you could never take away, even if they were in street clothes. And I think the unique thing about Chad Out of every program I've been on and with some of the best inside and outside people, he really exuded just just confidence like well i remember it, it let me it, let me ask confidence. you
0: this dave let me yeah. ask you this let me break sure. in um so he'd come off a pretty disastrous year at factory cowie right he just rode off right. the track at millville and right and we one of us was saying that we weren't sure chad would ever race again i don't know which one it was of us too but yeah i
1: don't know which one
0: but, yeah uh, which one, one of us was, one of oh, us was, might be done. yeah one yeah. of us was saying that but anyways yeah. um on a on a bike that mitch built with no factory honda help yet dave and with no um, you know, factory support and just you guys putting it together. I mean, did you really think he could win again? Did you did you really see that? And uh, be honest, like, that, did you see that winning again?
2: No, I'm I'm being completely honest. <clears throat> like I said, he was unique. Uh, with all the storied guys I've been around, he, you know, people say a lot of things, you guys, and when you guys interview everybody in mm-hmm. preseason, yeah. But even when I watched Cooper Webb and I'm a Cooper Webb fan, but even when I watch him on TV, there's a little reservation there all the time that I don't so much see out of Eli. In other words, Chad came into this, and and like you said, Steve, a lot of people, there were more doubters than supporters.
0: Oh, 100%. Yeah, no, there was.
2: Chad Reed was almost like the incarnation of, say, a Brad Lackey, where he rubbed more people wrong. Like, he would win for Yamaha, but he also rubbed Yamaha wrong. In other words... In in that one or two interviews, look, when we first started at Honda, I was called in there all the time. <laughs> and, and Martini and these guys were like, Hey, you gotta corral your guy, Dave. And hey, you gotta do this, Daveo, and you gotta do this. I would stand up in that room sometime with Martini and, and Ray Conway in there, and I'd look at these guys, I go, Look, you guys got his phone number. <laughs> I work for him. I'm not I'm not calling Chad Reed and gonna browbeat him. But I'll tell you what, here's Steve Astavin's number. I will let Steve ask know familiar concerns. Steve Aston will probably get it to Chad. But so I was I was lecturing those guys, these high-ups at Honda, of social media, you guys, before social media.
0: Is that what they were mad about, the social media yeah. stuff? Because Chad
2: yes. yeah. was really the first guy, at least in motocross and supercross, <clears throat> as I recall, to really embrace social media and use it to his advantage. But every now and then, you guys know, like even – uh, watching TMz that the actor Kevin costner or somebody Stallone they may say the wrong thing and and then that wrong thing blows up into a big thing so that happened with Chad quite a bit and I would go into those guys I go look any talk is good up down sideways left right center any talk is good if you guys would learn to embrace this you might sell a lot more motorcycles you know if if, if you let take the lid off of some of your guys, you know, all your guys are so, you know, a button-up shirt is, you know, it, it's not a crime if they button, the top button on their shirt. But that's the way Honda was. That's the way a lot of the factories were. You know, you got to have the top button, button, and, and God forbid your shirt's out of your pants. But Chad was just kind of telling it like it is and, and being putting a human element to it. And his social media blew up so much so that he created a clothing line. He did all that stuff, I believe, in Supercross and Motocross before anybody else did. Might have been in other sports and maybe that's where he got it. But Chad was like following his own lead. <laughs> and I gotta tell you guys, in its infancy, Keo would talk to me all the time because it was like I was always in some trouble <laughs> for nothing I really did. You know, they wanted me <laughs> to corral my guy. But then if you remember back then, as we as we were doing well and a lot of the Honda guys were hurt on the bench, you know, Chad was keeping the lights on down there, man. So um,
0: yeah, there was there were some parts coming your way, triple clamps. Well, to start and they, and they made a lot yeah. of
2: big promises. I was in the big room with them and asked if in and Chad when they promised us the second rider and all. You know, they, they made more promises than they kept, which is typical factory. But but <laughs> um, and, you know, and then it kind of blew us out of the water when a lot of what was supposed to be for us, all of a sudden, there's a chaparral semi there one day with Larry Brooks and 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 short and his guys, which that was our money. That was our extra bike. That was really. You know, but but I Thanks. understand the management at Honda, the three henchmen at Honda that were there. Right after we left, they were all blown out of there, and so so I think that says enough about how they were and what they did and what they didn't do. Um, Honda kind of cleaned house after that, <clears throat> and and uh, and and it was probably long overdue because those guys were pretty stale and stubborn, uh, almost like some politicians we have. So so. A lot of times these things are good. So Chad Chad, I think all in all, two two motorsports was good for it was good for the sport at the time, it was good for Honda at the time. And I think it was a breath of fresh air. But but we were like a salmon swimming upstream because like Steve said, <laughs> with the Cowie deal and just the way Chad was, and I even told some of the, the guys working together, I go, Chad to me is a lot like Brad Lackey, where Brad won the world title and nobody would freaking call the guy back, you know, because Chad, like Brad, was demanding. Chad, like like Brad, he could back it up and he could belittle you on the way to get there. You know, and it's just uh, Chad's the kind of guy that, as Steve knows, he likes all the stuff in the drawers. Don't have the drawers and tell him the drawers are locked. He's the wrong guy for that because even to this day, I would say, you know, after 2-2 ended, I thought, God, somebody should have picked up Chad as a test rider like yeah like, like you hear about Tedesco or this guy I mean Chad's a great test rider and <clears throat> and sure sometimes he's lost like they all do but but he's really good at figuring stuff out I really thought he would have ended up somewhere uh, doing that if he so chose I think KTM had some interest at one point but he's really articulate with what he does and forward thinking with what he with what he wants and at the end of the day as you guys know there's more stubbornness in professional racing than there is isn't. You know more people are, are inclined to say no than they are yes and 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 you know a lot of times the stuff in the drawer they just want to leave it in the drawer because it you know again it costs them more money if, if, if they need to do this or that or the other thing but but you never know sometimes how to make the horse a better horse until you throw something at it and I think Steve lived that being a factory guy it's 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 amazing some of the little things make the biggest uh, uh, progression even if it's all mental anyway.
1: Hey, so the beginning of this season, you're talking about driving so much, and you're Bracey, we're going to Mitch. I don't think there was much of a Honda relationship at first, right? So, not um, so mu- not, it was no. it was very distant. Yeah. So, I mean, really, by the and this is late to 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 even Ken Roxon jumping on a team that has already been around was late this year. You're building a team and all this stuff in a super late amount of time. By the time you get to Anaheim, one. Are you guys even like remotely what you would call ready? I mean, you get like sixth or something, but was that not even close to what we were going to see? Because we're all judging it quickly, like, well, maybe this is where Chad Reed is right now. Maybe he's not a podium guy anymore, but what was the level of readiness, say, by round one to where you were, you know, about a month or so later, you are in the title fight?
2: No, realistically, I actually, I think if you asked any of the guys on the team, we yeah. were ready to win. We just didn't know if we would win, and we we had the mindset that With a guy like Chad, as you know, and some of these things like with Eli. Now, some races, it's better to get fourth than to go for second and crash. So we were just hoping, hey, top fives, top threes. But I got to tell you, as the crew came together and the way Chad morphed into Chad the racer, we were all kind of blown away. We knew it was there. We just didn't know when it would show itself, if you follow me. And Chad was more from being the guy he is he was more disciplined to walk down the hill than to run so almost like a cooper webb rolling into the lead slowly that was kind of the mindset you know what i mean we knew who our competition was we believed in what we had with with honda pro circuit and everything and chad's happiness on the bike we lived it during the week but no i didn't expect winning to come right away, but you saw signs of life right away, which was very interesting, and I can't tell you how many people would come up to the truck and say those things, you know, and, and say, wow, he really looks good, and a lot of it, you guys know, is just sugar and spice, and everything's nice, or just <laughs> genuine BS, but a lot of it, from people even like you guys, I respect, and even Roger, we were somewhere early on, I don't know if it was press Air or what, and he even came to me And said, wow, you guys look pretty together. And that's, he didn't have to say that to me. And I'm his competition, and but he felt compelled to say that. So, and I would tell the guys, hey, guess who gave us a pat on the back for our presence and our look and this and that? I mean, that's pretty flattering because I think some of the guys that were with Chad, like a Roger, this or that, or even like Steve said, some of the Cowie guys, they probably knew it was still in the box. They just didn't know when it would come out or if it would come out. But, but like I said, we believed in it. We just didn't know when it would show, but I think. we. So worked. yeah, you weren't
1: like around one. It wasn't like this is only <laughs> 75% done and we just got to roll it out. Like you had made big progress with all that work you had done. Like you said, getting suspension redone every other day and all that. You had made enough progress where you felt reasonably not scrambling
2: at round one. I mean, for me being in it, as Steve knows, I was very co- confident. Yeah. Almost a little cocky because I believed in my crew. There was no babysitting these guys. I could do my stuff. I knew Lars was doing his stuff. I knew this guy was doing his stuff. I mean, it was a unique situation because like Steve's been, it was like a factory team, but Mm -hmm. we were private. But again, I knew we had the capability to win. I just didn't know when. And I knew all my details were handled along with, with 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 Courtney and WMG and so I don't want to say it was easy but 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 it 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 I was never really I I never found myself going into Anaheim staring at the ceiling sure. with worry that we wouldn't be ready I knew we were ready it's just okay let's let's just hope for the best you know a top 5 even a top 3 would be would be is possible
0: I remember getting the podium oh. in Oakland, Davo, and you're like, oh, I, I remember being like, oh, that's cool. He got a podium. Yeah,
2: good for Chad. Like, good for podium. Chad. He
0: got a podium. He, well, you, you know, know, it's
2: interesting. Yeah. On, on what we're talking about, again, I, I relied on Joel Bueller a lot in the beginning. Mm-hmm. We became great friends. I was really acquainted with him before. The unique thing about Joel, I was calling Joel, like, all the time because little things would come up with Chad or Ellie or or – and look, I was new to their fold. I didn't really know how to read some of these things and and as you guys know, I'm kind of a wind-up. anyway i i just i'll just I'll just hit the ground running and maybe ask questions along the way. so certain things would happen. I didn't know how to read Chad mm-hmm. uh with certain things like like I never even we morphed way ahead uh to Dodger Stadium that fateful day. I was trying to find the truck you know because that was our first time there for everybody. And it was late in the practice sessions, and I'm walking to the rig. I'm like, where the hell are we? I'm walking. Next thing I know, I got I got, I got got Guy B here. I got three other guys, uh, like your uh, uh, qualifications following me. I'm like, hey, Chad was, Chad was only sixth in practice or eighth in this practice and this and that. And, and you know, as we walked, how, what, what are you thinking, Dave? What do you think? I said, hey, you know what? He doesn't win practice. A guy like this doesn't win practice. A guy like this actually uses practice – for what practice is for and last time I checked practice is really just practice it's on the lights teams Mitch wants his guys to win practice because they're inexperienced I don't want to say they're young and dumb let's just say they're they're young they're inexperienced you got to get out there Metcalf you got to get out there so-and-so and and you got to win practice because I want to see you in that mindset all night but but when you look at a guy like Reed who's like a Tiger Woods or a Tyson or any of these seasoned guys and and has, has battled Stuart and Carmichael and with his couple championships. You know what I mean? They they could again, he doesn't need to run down the hill, he can walk. And then you guys have seen that like even Feld used to get pissed at me. Damn, you gotta you gotta be more on top of Reed. You know, they'd call us, you guys. You guys are already down there, right? And and I'd see Wyndham ride by, or I'd see this guy ride by. I'd see the, you'd look under our tent, Chad's bike would be on the box. With with, with, with with the fork off, the shock off, maybe the wheels <laughs> off. We'd be running around and and, and, and and I got it from Prater, who I love, I got it from Gendro, who I love. They they would kind of browbeat me. <clears throat> but I'm like, Look, he's my boss. I can't go up and him around, but I will tell him <laughs> you're concerned. I, I
0: will pass it on, yes.
2: Oh, pass yeah. on and, he no, and I, opinion I, I well. learned that I learned that early on, especially yeah. from Joel. Look, when we started the team we went down to Bill's Pipes, being Devo the way Devo is. I, w- I wanted to buy the old FMF box van and, and all this. So Chad met me there with Joel. We're looking at the box van. This was when it was it, 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 its infancy of the team getting back to what you guys are talking about. And Joel actually pulled me aside then and kind of scolded me a little bit and said, look, Devo, Chad wants to do it Chad's way. He'll listen to Devo's way. But at the end of the day, it's always Chad's way. <laughs> and if you want to say Davos way, I recommend you say Davos way one time. Don't say it two times. Right? Yeah. And, yeah, and yeah. I learned that early on because of that box van day. I told Chad, we can get the box van for this. I have a buddy. We, we can throw a motor in it. Now we'll get the box van up and running and badass and only cost you this much. Chad looked at me very quickly and he goes, no. Nope. Not into it. I go, but you don't have to do anything. I'll do it all. And look at how much money we'll save. No, not into it. Yeah. The next next day, I'm up at a Ford dealer where I live in Valencia buying a box van that Katie, our bookkeeper, arranged. Yeah, you know what I mean? He just, it it was the Chad Reed way. So it's not that my way wasn't good. Mm -hmm. He just, he just poo pooed it really quick. So, you know, at the end of the day, a lot of times he would listen to me, but a lot of times, I learned early on to say things to him one time. He would be gracious enough to hear me one time. (laughs) I could even say things twice, but Chad, a lot of times it was just a one time thing because he had it in his head. You know, you guys forget he was where Steve was, Jason. I mean, he was on, he's been on all the best teams. He's had energy drinks of every type on his chin bar. on his (laughs) In other words, he was so full of everybody's everything, it was... And we had a saying on the race team, that it's, it's Chad's way. Chad's way is yeah, the right way. Right, right. A lot of times, even when Goose came on board, and they had all their history, a lot of times, Goose, I'd see Goose be humbled in his tracks, because, you know, again, with all Goose's experience, even with Chad, even winning big with Chad,
0: mm-hmm.
2: you know, it was still... You know, again, it was Chad's way or the highway. Yeah. The upper management on our team, which was unique, was
0: Chad
2: B. <laughs> you know, and she, you because know, Ellie was the same way. Yeah. It was like, uh, you know, so
0: private. So let me ask you this, Davo. Uh, you've done so much in the sport. You're a team manager for Peyton and YOT and a factory mechanic at Yamaha. And I'm sure I'm forgetting a bunch of things. Uh, and you've had some great success in the industry. Was the win in San Diego on this on this team that you know you helped start and, and what you've been telling us about was is that up there as far as the most rewarding things that you've been a part of
2: yeah oh yeah i mean again steve like you've been on a factory team with timmy and all that stuff you would even share the success of Villeman or chad won <laughs> this was different mm. we were the underdogs we were even at that point it's like going against the guys we were going against i i, I tell you Uh, You probably talked to some of the guys in the manager tower. I was walking back and forth and forth and back. It's like I had 10 Red Bulls because it was so storybook in my head, watching him race. And you got to understand in my career, I won San Diego with Mike Bell. A lot of, I won, I've been fortunate to be fortunate. I I won like the Coliseum coming up this year. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm emotional about that. I won that race with Mike Bell. A lot of guys can't say that. So, um, A lot of the stuff Chad did, I did with other guys, and it was just kind of surreal. And all his wins, even his emotions, man, weren't fake. And I got to tell you, I cried. I I think Lars did. A lot of the guys on the team cried. And and you guys know, Steve, especially you, because you're in the trenches. Everybody on these teams, you know, you can hear the interviews. Oh, we're all working hard. Hey, there isn't a a top ten guy that the team isn't working hard, that isn't spending the money. They're all kind of doing the same stuff. And now everybody's got training centers and trainers and test tracks. So everybody's putting in the same effort. But again, there was so much negativity. Chad was the guy you love to hate. You know what I mean? And he wasn't even an American guy. He was a foreign guy to boot, which is kind of like the Lawrences now. Every now you read that you get these idiots that are against them because they're just Australians. Or Langston was South African, or Villemin was French. I mean, he's just a great writer. I don't you know, like Steve and I like Van Halen. I just who cares that the guy has two heads. I I just like the way he plays. You nah, know, you
0: do like do you do like David Lee over Sammy though, Davo? So we 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 de- we definitely have a you know argument going there.
2: Yeah, but I I think at the end of the day we we'd get along fine because for me I, I just tell people sometimes when they're purists like you or me. A lot of their generations, just the music is what, if, if my foot's gone, I'm happy, you know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so that was it. You you cried. That's how big a deal this was. And, okay, the workload is hard no matter what team you're on, like you said, but this had to have been one of the wildest two-month rides, say, or three months, whatever it took it, from this starting to get that win.
2: It was, look, yeah. I, I'm good buddies with Jamie Ellis. I brought him from the, from, from the south. In Wyndham's neck of the woods to live with me and my family when we were at YOT to work for Andrew McFarland. Jamie and I are still good buddies to this day. When I found out he was doing Roxon, <coughs> I I wished him well. Um, I'm a, I'm a huge Ken Roxon fan. I mean, let's face it, Kenny should have retired years ago with his injuries. Half the guys he's racing with would have called it a career long ago. <coughs> and I think, <coughs> excuse me, I think now that he's winning on that Suzuki, it's just pretty surreal. Yeah,
1: yes, and, well, that's for job, right it a was little extra special. The job very game.
2: reminiscent. And Jamie and I talked even in the beginning, and I think his schedule was very similar to mine as far as not a whole hell of a lot of time, <clears throat> plus his other workload and his own business. So, you know, and even though my feelings for Larry Brooks uh, haven't haven't uh, uh, gone away, they're doing a hell of a good job. So you can't you can't deny the job the team's doing. Travis Souls, I got friendly with him at two two. When Chad brought my wife and I in to help him in 19 when he was on the Huskies, I met Travis and some of those guys. <laughs> and we, we've we kind of communicated since, and he's a good dude, very sharp. I mean, look at the results they're getting. So, And you guys cover the sport week in and week out. I just watch it on the couch. It's not easy to be in the top three, top five at this level, uh, let alone the 250 class. The 450 class, especially, you know, Steve, you'll get this, because you were a a big bike guy before before me when i was involved YOT pro circuit a lot of the stuff ktm was 125 or 250f based teams Mm -hmm. they're kids you're dealing with kids parents kids don't have houses they got girls to get in the way they're they're more trouble than they're worth in a sense but when you get to the 450 class the man's class i mean it's 17 rounds you can't even get a cold stub your toe most of these guys on multi houses and boats and all this shit. And it's like, wow, these guys are really, this is upper level stuff. This isn't C rated baseball. This is, this is the big leagues. And you know, it's, it's, it's uh, so again, for what we did very similar now to what Roxon's doing, I think a lot of people wrote them off. And I think, I think uh, that, that's what brought a lot of the emotions yeah. really, and Mitch, yeah. Mitch, you know, you guys have dealt with Mitch. If you walk in, you know, Mitch Mitch is a no-bullshit guy. And he loves to pull pranks and do all that. But I think Mitch can smell confidence in a winning situation a mile away. And I can't thank him enough for, for throwing my hat in the ring with Chad because he obviously knew how I was. And I think he saw that in Chad, too. Because Mitch... Mitch will take anybody's money and do a motor program or this or that. But then again, he won't either. You know what I mean? You got to not for just anybody. Well, I know a story like when Bobby Hewitt first approached him years ago when Bobby was first getting going. And Mitch kind of poo-pooed the guy because he's like, look, you can't just walk into me with a boatload of money and think I'm just going to bend over for you. That's not really how it works. You got to you got to show me aside from your money. You're worthy of me doing this. And, I, and I'm sure Steve can appreciate that because there's so much that goes into it outside of just paying for everything, you know, because at the end of the day we've seen the guys that could pay for everything and sometimes it's just a waste of time, no results, you know. And yeah. even when 2-2 when two two ended, I was approached by some teams and they're like, oh, we want to do this, we want to do that. And, you know, well, gee, I'm flattered. It's great people are calling me, they're not calling me, but but no disrespect. But you've already been doing it for three or four years or five years. I mean, now all of a sudden you want to decide to do it right, you know? Yeah. So I really didn't want to. Some of those things seem like a backward step for me, and I don't want to name names. But, but Steve knows, you know, and you know, Jason. To get on an airplane, not that I'm scared of flying, but just to fly and do all that, I would only do it for a guy if he's a top three situation. Anything, anything less is just a kind of a waste of my time because I've already, I've already been there, done that. So again, Chad, Chad was just like it was just like, wow, this could be this could be the feel-good story of a career, really. You know, outside of my time with Mike Bell and some of the other teams and my successes, this was unique because it was a private, factory supported team, and the owner was the racer. You know, like a NASCAR guy, Jason, that's in your backyard. I mean, it was very reminiscent of a Tony Stewart. Or, yeah. or or John Forrest and drag racing. Yeah. And in our sport, you know, even with the mighty Roger DeCoster or, or Hurlings and the whoever your favorite hero is on either side of the pond, who's really doing what Chad did? And I don't know that anybody and look, even before Chad, what was it? Emig tried a team, some of these guys, I mean they were a blip on the radar as and as, as much effort as they had and good people around them. So a lot of it was lady luck and and but it was a very story time, like i said it was it was very emotional um and then again, you saw the incremental things from Chad i mean his wife was a bulldog with the whole thing, Chad was a bulldog with the whole thing there was no there was really no no down as far as emotions you know you were just on this natural high alarm clock because Chad was we saw what he was doing Monday through Friday Mo- none of you other guys did yeah so you know that's that um I, I really think um yeah it was it was just a magical kind of a story kind of a thing that I'll remember always and 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 I, I think people that throw negatives at it because he's was Australian or this or that. I mean, just I, I think they're just you're there's always the haters, you know, but
0: Yeah, but, but no, just, it doesn't matter what yeah, you do. But I think
1: this turned a lot of it, you know, the, the chat read it was on coward the Year before, or the Yamaha days, like I mean, you guys really had fans on your side. You know, the, the guys sticking it to the man, so to speak, and like going after the factories, I bet on myself. Um I think people loved it. I mean, yes, there I'm sure there's always some haters. I mean, I've been telling everybody that. Like you're never gonna get a hundred percent, but I think you guys were one of the teams that uh, the fans rooted for the most. Like, what a cool story, right?
2: Yeah, and I mean, remember remember, much later on, he wrote that two-stroke. I think, what was that, in St. Louis? He borrowed it from some kid. With that, yeah, with recently, the yeah. He yeah. yeah. help from the W guys. Yeah. But, but, and, and I think all in all, you know, it was, and what was funny about Ellie. Ellie was the only one, you know, she could tell Chad he had his head up his ass. Or she could she could tell Chad maybe some of the things that we wanted to say. And she was, she's one of the best race wives or girlfriends I've ever seen because she would obviously show the emotion when he won, but then she also saw what we would see, like Steve, when you leave the test track, and she would get on him. She would get on him. I remember one time, I think it was Castillo's or somewhere, and he was a little off. I think he was preoccupied with some other business deals with forward thinking with the team. And like his, I think his heart wasn't into the laps or this or that. And she's like, I could hear her like, you know, Hey, these guys are here and, and, and they're here for you. You know, I, I mean, right. she would yeah. be, yep. you know, and that's why, again, when I talked to Joel, Joel's like, look, Dave, this is where you got to start. This is where you got to stop. They're very accomplished people. You know, you're here to help them not to scold them. And there's a right way and a wrong way to package things. And I, and I really appreciate Joel for telling me all that because again a lot of times as you know Steve those are hard lessons to learn until you're called in the office and they're kind of slapping you around a little bit <laughs> you know with, with no warning I mean Joel was actually giving me those warnings because in the beginning sometimes with Chad's looks I didn't know God is he for me or against me today or did I say the right or wrong thing and so, so again like I said I reached out because I could sense certain things I, again I was acquainted with Chad I wasn't you know i was just acquainted with him at the time but 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 uh yeah it just grew into a cool thing
0: yeah um yeah it was yeah i think it was cool it was it was like we said it was it was a thing it was building it was grabbing momentum it was a guy that was fighting the factories uh it was a new it was red pants it was um uh, you know all of this stuff going on that shift too. a big comeback for shift remember they weren't really they were done they weren't really around and and, yeah, and, and, I mean, they put you know. some,
2: I mean, in a cocky way, uh, I, what's funny now, you guys not, maybe Steve knows, my son's a lead designer at Fast House, and they're pretty popular nowadays, but oh, didn't know that. In, the, in those days, in those days, Chad with his shift stuff, I mean, he was, I, I mean, a lot of his outfits, right down the boots, were some of the best looking gear for some years, and, and set the tone for really a whole, the, the whole industry, I think, um, mm-hmm. And, and uh, yeah, I, I think the Fox shift machine behind Chad, like Steve said, at one point they they were kind of just just kind of dragging their feet. Then when Chad got on board, man, I mean, some of the looks and the outfits he would show up with is you know these guys they're almost like supermodels with their gear. I mean, I, I, a lot of times I, we, uh, the guys on the crew we were all blown away because there were very few outfits that he would he would come walking out of the rig with that he just didn't go, wow, he looks pretty freaking hot. He looks like a winner just standing there, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> and then even when he would do our bikes, even when he did the bikes, I mean, he would send me stuff, the comps, because he would come up to factory effects. He'd spend days there with Scott Gilley driving those guys nuts. And I used to be a seat and graphic guy. So Ted sometimes would reach out to me for certain questions. And then even when we did the semis, like I said, he would rewrap that sucker year to year. I mean, I don't think there's a team out there changing their look like we did. Yeah. You, you know.
0: Yeah, did you did but, you notice? So, you start the season off uh with um like we said we got the podium in Oakland. You start season off with three finishes 547 and then you guys start hitting the podium. You get the win in San Diego, the one we're talking about today, Weij and I. And did you notice like we uh, you know, there's a triple clamp test and there's some cams and Honda starting to come around. At some point and be like how's everything going you guys good like <laughs> is there a definite change in Honda's uh willingness to help
2: yeah there was there was there was always talk early on uh because Steve was always working these deals in the background you yeah. know what I mean and, yeah, yeah and we were getting more support and and a lot of times I was picking stuff up there or Lars would hear things because Lars still had that in there uh obviously and 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 through his own career mm-hmm. and you always heard rumblings, and then, then then there was even talk of a factory bike. What if, you know? And then there was talk with Mitch and Gee. What you know? This is either going to help Chad or hurt Chad, and that that was that was like a volleyball game for days. You you know, should I? <laughs> yeah,
0: should
2: yeah, yeah, Or should I go? Kind of thing because you know, Honda at that time, they kind of learned to love us. as like you guys are getting at. They kind of they may not have loved us at first, but they kind of learned to love us. And we became the darling of, of what they needed at the time, because some of their guys were out and, and, and Chad was in and, 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 you know, and, and Hondas were just, you know, with Chad's results and and the media behind him and everything, it was just, it was just a good time to be a Honda supported rider, especially him. And so, yeah, so stuff started to happen. Um, And it was pretty uplifting to to tell you the truth, you know, and then, but Chad was very analytical with Steve and Mm -hmm. what he should do and how he should do it. Because, you know, it's damned if you do damned, if you don't like, like I remember talking to Chad straight up and saying, Hey, look, man, if we go factory is as cool as that is, a lot of your freedoms are gone now. Yeah. The minute you go factory, you know, you kind of, social media has to mellow out this has to mellow out. So, there's pluses and negatives with everything in this sport, as as far as even the level of support. So, but again, it's it's your decision. What matters the most to you. And then, and then it came down. And Mitch was really cool too. He's like, hey, yeah, you got to ride the bike. Go ride the bike.
0: Yeah, yeah. You
2: take I... my bike out there, Lars. You prep it as best you can. <clears throat> They're gonna show up with their bike. Mitch goes, I love you, and I'll support you guys whatever your decision. Mitch was really cool with the whole thing.
0: Yeah. I I think, in, that, I think, in that story I did on the team that I, t- I spoke about earlier with Weege, the story I did, Mitch said that uh, he rode the bike and he wasn't, Mitch wasn't there. And it, Chad called him and Mitch said, it's pretty good, isn't it? <laughs> Chad goes, yeah, it's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. No, <laughs> so, you know. It, you know it, yeah.
2: yeah. And then it was the damned if you do, damned if you don't. and Yeah. But But again, Mitch was gracious enough for having been there himself with stuff that, that, that uh, they just kind of laid it all out, you know, and, 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 but again, the minute you sign on that line, yeah, sure. You're, you're part of this and your crew is still as they are, but a lot of, a lot of what you've been used to doing and flying by the seat of your pants and pulling open any drawer you feel fit. A lot of that is kind of going to go away. But, but I think in the bigger picture, you know, it's like, what can I be the most successful on? And I think that was really, that was really the deciding factor. Um, yeah, yeah. Even the bike itself, I mean, with the transmissions they had, which we were getting some good stuff at that point, but, but just the weight of the bike. I remember Chad saying, man, the factory bike is, it's just, it's like Steve said a minute ago, it's just, it's just a, it, man, it's such it's a better good. horse, yeah. you know, and, and uh, I'd really like to ride that horse. But, but then again, you can't have everything. So, so he weighed it all out, and as you know, we went that way, and, and, and I think I think he was still successful.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh rewrites re with Dave Osterman. Uh, anything else, Weege, for Dave?
1: No, this is this is this is cool because uh, we actually had Chad do one of these on the uh, 2014 when you guys switched to Cowie, switch which I'm sure is a whole nother story. Um, but but uh, yeah, it was good to get this perspective. And that's actually the one thing I didn't know. I thought that in his YOT days you had already crossed paths. Uh, that makes it even wilder uh, to really? me that you guys were starting from scratch. No, I didn't we even get,
2: realize but- that. <laughs> No, I'll tell you a funny story in the YOT days. I think Steve's heard this. We were at the test track one day. All the riders were there. Even some of the star guys, when star wasn't to the level they are now, We're all sitting on the side because the 450 guys were on the track. And then Frenchie came up to me, and he was talking to me, and I was very frustrated with our guys because nobody was hitting the whoops like I would call. They should have been hitting the whoops. I thought our bike was worthy, and, and I was really disappointed with that. So Frenchie came to me with this crazy idea. I'm not going to take credit for it, but Frenchie's like, hey, I'm going to go talk to Chad and see if Chad will hop on Andrew's bike. And I go, No kidding, you think he would do that? He goes, Well, never hurts to ask. So Frenchie walks over there. Chad's almost done. Waits for Chad to come in. He hops off. Blah, 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 blah. Whatever was said. I wasn't standing there. Then Chad comes over, gets on Andrew's bike. I remember he just kind of tapped the brake pedal with his boots. He he checked the levers as they do. Didn't really – didn't, he didn't hit anything up or down. <clears throat> Started the bike, went a couple uh, – you know, the the big jump and, and went around the whoops a couple times just, just to get acclimated to the bike. Then he – I mean, you guys know how animated I can get. <laughs> Chad hits – he, he hits the one big jump. He goes into the left, and he comes into the whoops, and I run over to the guys. There was a gallery of guys, like the YOT guys and the Star guys, every other supported – possibility that was sitting there in their gear just chilling watching chad i, I mean I, I was like so animated i'm like i'm like pardon my language they're all like hey any of you motherfuckers dude, i've never seen a yz250 go through the whoops like that don't any of you i mean it was magic and he made like three, <laughs> three passes through the whoops like so fast he made all those i'm like don't any of you guys tell me our bike isn't worthy and then he came back gave Frenchy the bike and he just walked off and, and I, I mean, my jaw was hanging down the whole drive home to the shop because he showed those, he, he went through the whoops a gear higher and he he was two minutes on the bike. You know what I mean? It was, it was amazing. And you know, obviously he had that reputation uh, of not just being Chad Reed, but, but he could tame the whoops. But on that day at the test track, when the whoops were beat and our guys were scared or didn't have the confidence, Here's a guy, he hopped on the bike and he made three passes through the whoops and I was telling those guys with my adrenaline just to the red line, going, <laughs> You got you guys got no room to say nothing. Nothing. <laughs> I don't want to hear you guys you know, you you know, that's you know, I mean and, and Steve, it was a who's who a who was there that day.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's you
2: know, and it kind of it kind of it, it closed out the day. I, I think they were all blown away too. you, you know, it's yeah. like when Metcalf rode the the one twenty-five, you know, Keith was talking about. Well, Stewart did it, but I'm like, how many James Stewarts are there out there? <laughs>
0: Stewart did it. Not
2: thinking of Brett Metcalf, but but how many James Stewarts are out there? I mean, that's there was there was only one Elvis Presley for God's sakes. I mean, McCarty, not every, every McCarty, guy with a guitar is Elvis Presley. So I had a hundred analogies to back up what what Keith was trying to ram down my throat with Metcalf riding the one twenty-five. So again, McCarty at McCarty
0: actually thing, compared Metcalf to James Stewart as far as riding one twenty-five.
2: Yeah, because when they when they pulled me into the room and announced to me that that's what they were going to do, I called it a career ender. I said, "God, how is Metcalf with this? Yeah, are you giving them more money to lose? You know, <laughs> it's almost like these guys now to ride the two strokes. I don't understand the purpose of it. I guess they're you know I'm a two stroke guy. I'm, I'm putting a seat cover on my my big wheel in my garage that I ride in this club on. But but at the end of the day, I think some of these guys, Stang Dog, and that now guy. And I love the way Carnau's bike looks, but, but
0: – No, Carnau's four-stroke guy. would think make a
2: better living on a four-stroke?
0: Car- you know? Carnau's four-stroke guy. You might be thinking about Lesher, Jared Lesher. Oh, Lesher. Yeah, okay. Yeah, Le- yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. sorry. Um, but the Yamaha guy, I think his bike looks really cool every week. Yeah, yeah, it does. They do a good job. But at the end of the day, it's like, wouldn't he be – I think he'd make a better living on a four-stroke. It's like, what point is he really trying to prove? Yeah. You know? Because mm-hmm. I, I think there's more mains these guys don't make than they make. Right? Yeah. Yeah, so I kind of don't get that. Oh, definitely, yeah. yeah. Um, but but, you know, I appreciate what they're doing. I still love two strokes, but I I think if I was the guy's dad, I'm like, gee whiz, you know, you got to make some money, junior. You know,
0: yeah. yeah. But, uh, good stuff, man. Thanks, Davo. What a, what a time! Yeah. What a great time! Uh, and, a and really I, cool and story. Is this
2: is this what a print thing
0: or what is this? No, it's an audio podcast.
2: Oh, cool. Okay. Yeah,
0: we're, we're putting this thing up. Weej and I are going to talk about the race and then put this up with you, Davo. So.
1: Yeah. So, uh, give it a day or two and you'll, 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 be blowing
2: up. Yeah. Will, and I, yeah. I, I'm a retired guy now, but I love talking about, I love talking about the history cause it's like for me and some of the few that are still out there, there's, you know, there's so many generations I was in there's, there's so many things you can cover. It's like, it, it, it's just, there's a lot to cover, you know, as I say, from freaking drum brakes to fuel injection, you know, yeah. it's like, yeah. it, it's, it's like air cooling to even beyond water cooling. But, but, uh, Absolutely. They know they well, appreciate- I
1: sent, uh, sent Aaron Hansel your way for some other stuff because I'm like, man, I'd say that early 80s probably saw the most change ever. So, Dave about- so yeah, yeah, I know you did. So, yeah, oh. I appreciate that. Yeah, you, you're, we'll get you on for that era with, uh, with Too Tall at some point, too.
2: Talk yeah. about those days. Yeah. Right. Right.
0: So- sounds good, Dave. Oh, yeah. Thanks for the time, man.
2: Yeah. Cool, man. I'm going to get back to my seat cover.
0: All right. Sounds good. Uh, Dave and awesome, right. everybody. Thanks, Dave. Thanks, Dave.
2: Talk you guys. Right.
0: See you. Right. Good stuff from Davo. He does like to talk and I'm glad he threw the shark reference in again, Weech.
1: Immediately. He yeah. went into the shark reference immediately.
0: <laughs> Good stuff from Davo. Um, yeah. It's, it's interesting to hear him talk about is it working with Chad and yeah, basically spare no expense. Uh, and Chad's making the decisions and Chad's doing what he wants to do. And you can suggest something once. And, and, Ellie. and, and Ellie and Ellie. Yeah. And Ellie. And, yes. then, and then it's a go time. Um, so, yeah, good yeah. D- good times.
1: Two things. I didn't know, as I mentioned at the end, I, I thought that Chad had worked with him direct at YOT. I didn't realize it was only like passing. Yeah. Um, I guess Dave wasn't at YOT until after Chad was gone from there. And uh, also the amount of work, which I think we knew. But, I mean, uh, well, Castillo ranch to – where was he getting the suspension done? Pro Circuit? Pro
0: Circuit. Yep. That's, How uh, far is that? That's three hours with uh, small traffic. Oh. yeah so he's literally
1: doing that like every other day yeah
0: never mind with traffic um yeah and then God. also no davo was at yot when chad was at yamaha because davo was at you know, yot when i was there but i just think we never saw each other they never had anything to
1: do with each well other. that's what i mean yeah. i thought chad's year at yot oh, oh i'm Dave sorry was yeah no. no that was craig Dak
0: no. and uh Frenchie and Dean okay. a little bit yeah so um yep. okay uh again thank you to folks at guts racing um great sea covers Great foams, uh, vintage stuff as well. A lot of teams in the pits are using Guts. they got a phantom lightweight seat cover a foam. they got the, the cover itself. They can You can design your own at GutsRacing.com. Pulpamex23 is the code to save with uh, Guts Racing. Please check it out, GutsRacing.com. And, again, Scott Goggles, Maxis, Decal Works, and the folks at Liat as well. Uh, Liat.com for more information on that. Great mountain bike stuff. I know they're super proud of their their mountain bike line of things, so you can uh, check that out and save some money with uh, using the contact form on Pulp MX. All right, um, time for the racing, re-raceable categories. Ready? Uh, I am ready. Who really won the race?
1: Yeah. Uh, I
0: mean, Chad Reed really won the race.
1: I mean, he did. We, we can't. There's there's just no way of getting around it. we got to pick the winner for the winner. Yeah, sorry everybody.
0: Yeah, you just yeah. we we don't always like to do this, but uh what we have to, yeah. Um okay, and then uh next category is who's that guy award. Tough one to do with this one because it's so new, but I did go through um the qualifying in both classes and I found a guy, a gentleman in the oh, really? in the lights class. Mm-hmm. Um well there's number 30 is Alex Ray. Um in lights? In lights, yep. Oh, uh, the,
1: the very unheralded lights career for A-Ray. Yeah,
0: yeah. And then uh, right above A-Ray, two spots above A-Ray, is a gentleman named Yuta Aigiyaya. Aigaya. <laughs> Aigaya. Aigaya? Igaya. I don't know. Okay. He is from Japan, clearly. He is 27th fastest, and I've never heard of him. I mean, I have some passing knowledge of Japanese riders, but not this gentleman. Um, do not know who he is. That would be my pick for who's that guy award.
1: Uh, I got a couple here. I don't know how to. This is like the privateer debate. How do I categorize a couple of these guys? So we actually have a rider in the 450 main and actually gets a pretty good result. And it is the only one of his career. Uh, But as soon as you hear his name, you'll know that Maxime Lesage is a French rider. It's pretty obvious. Mm
0: -hmm. Uh,
1: But do you actually know him or are you just like he's French guy? That's all. Yeah,
0: just French guy. Yeah.
1: Right, but that is it. That is his only career AMA Supercross main event, and he gets 17th. So okay, I will admit this one slipped by. I, I, I Rarick's probably going to hit me up, and he was probably somehow riding in upstate New York with a French rider named Maxime <laughs> Lestage. He probably yeah, did. Yeah,
0: I, I don't – again, I know the name. I've probably seen him ride at Paris or, or yeah, Versy or it. whatever, but yeah, I don't um, – but it's not a bad one. Yeah.
1: Yeah, uh, or that could be – no, no, no. I'll stick with it for who's that guy. I'll stick with it for who's that guy.
0: Okay. Fair enough. Uh, by the way, there was uh, exactly 40 riders in 450s back then and 42 in 250s. So, sport was so much better in 2011. So many guys showing up. So, uh, we were Wow, the- really?
1: Like, they barely had – or did no one miss out on the night no show? No
0: one missed the night show in 450s. 40 guys.
1: No one missed the night show. Yep.
0: So, yeah, again, just – so It was so much better back in the day. So many riders. Um,
1: yeah, yeah. The sport was so much bigger back then. Yep. Right. And now it's dying. The yep. sport's dying.
0: Um
1: yep. Okay. Lit Kid Award? We got, we got Deegan's. We got Lawrence Brothers. Yeah. It's just going to hell in a handbasket, Steve.
0: Okay. So Lit Kid Award. Yep. You mentioned this. I picked a call, I picked somebody in observations. Chad, as we mentioned with, with O. shift really stepped up. Not so much at this early stuff, but later on they made some custom stuff and and things like that that looked really good on Chad, and it was a sort of a rebirth of shift also around this time. But I won't – this particular stuff, no, not really. Um, I did like Stu's answer stuff, kind of basic, but it did look pretty good. But I'm going to go back to a repeat winner that I've had on this show before for Lit Kid, and I hope it matches my oh. column, but I don't think it will. I don't think um, it will, no. Tell you what, I was a fan. I was doing this gentleman's goggles at the time. around around this time and uh, unfortunately there's a photo of him from San Diego with no goggles on um, which also may explain which may explain also (laughs) that what you know yeah that maybe that might be related but um, I'll go Michael I that Alpine star orange and black uh, Red Bull stuff his orange helmet uh, his X brand goggles that he does not have on in this photo Um, but there's photos of other guys with no goggles so I'm a little bit uh, relieved at that. But, um, yeah, I'll go Michael lessie I, uh, I think that 8-star stuff looked really good. Again, when you look at the photos of this and I'm selecting somebody, you see the baggy gear. Just baggy gear. Oh, my gear. God. Yeah. I.
1: You know what? I, I'm going to ask him about this. I'm going to ask him. I think I'm going to save it. I'm going to try to get – okay, you're going to show up at Stu's house, beep the horn. Yeah. I'm going to try to get myself invited onto to his uh, Bubbles World podcast mm, okay. as a guest. Okay, yep. And uh, no one seems to ever mention Seven, oddly, even though that's Stu's company and really the sponsor of that show. I'm saving it for this. I think Seven might get the credit. Gear looks yes. uh, crazy different when you look at it. Yep. It was so baggy, and now the gear is so tight. And I think Seven started that. I agree. Woo. Yep, I
0: agree. So uh, It's
1: shocking to see this gear these days.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's, it's all baggy. Which, oh, God. Which for me, like, uh, yeah, for me. Uh, I'm fine with that. I'm a bigger gentleman. So that's fine. Mm-hmm. I put the stuff mm-hmm. on now. Uh, and yeah, you, it's tight. I don't like it. But anyways, uh, who did I pick in my column?
1: Yeah, it is a uh, fly racing zone. Maybe you're biased. Andrew short. Mm. And I do not remember this. They had Dukes of hazard gear, uh, to match his orange KTM. Not the, everybody remembers the Thor stuff that Tedesco and Pastrana yeah. wore. I had, I even had a pair cause I loved it. But, uh, He had Dukes of hazard themed fly gear on his KTM 350, And that's what you picked as your (laughs) best dress. I cannot do you remember this?
0: No, I don't even remember what it looked like or anything. I I don't remember that. Huh? Yep. Okay.
1: Uh, maybe, maybe just fly racing bias. Did you even have it back then?
0: Yeah. Fly would have been on my show back then. Yep. Yep.
1: Okay. Yep. Okay. Maybe that's what it was. You were being paid. Yeah. I was a paid shill. Paid shill. Sell out. Yep. Sell out. Just sell out.
0: Okay. Uh, what do you got?
1: Yep. Ah, dude, the Chad shift stuff's already looking good. Yeah, I can't it believe is, you left it uh, on the table. Uh,
0: it is. No, it's good. It's just, it was better. There was better stuff. Yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah. this is also still, uh, we've had a couple episodes where Fox was looking bad. They're mm-hmm. getting better, but it's still not great. Dungeon and Roxanne, it's meh. Uh, Thor had some pretty good stuff at this time. So, nah, shift, man. They Okay, yeah. And, chad probably had a hand in it it looked good
0: but do you agree that there was some better looking stuff later on this year and next year and the next year like there was some bitching oh yeah yeah Yeah, yeah. i think
1: the more here's gonna be my guess the more you know they started working with chad it just kept getting better and better
0: yeah uh shit kid award i'm gonna go it was again you know i don't see anything i really didn't like i'm gonna go with the h and h stuff uh tedesco was running Mm -hmm. it um had big H H you know, the letters that were kinda like old English letters, um, big Bell ray logo on it. Um yeah, I didn't like it. Um Yeah, just not a fan of the H and H stuff. Kind of black, like it looked like a little bit of like um like a cow print. A little bit, like some black and white spots or something. I don't know. I just yeah. The limited photos that I've saw from this race, I'm gonna go the H and H stuff that uh that the IT okay. wore. Yeah.
1: Uh, I'm going to go with uh, fly racing covering the whole gamut and the best trust award with the Dukes of hazard gear from Andrew short. And by the way, if I could get that gear now, I would still wear it. 2011 Dukes hazard gear, I'm down. But then JT is wearing fly gear. No surprise. It's all purple. Like why, well, why do we do this?
0: Okay. So he's not at this race, sir. So you're not, you're looking at the wrong. Oh, race. that's
1: right. So why is this photo? I don't know. Why is your obs of a photo of JT?
0: I don't know. Very ask, interesting. Uh, yeah, you probably put that photo that column together, so it's your fault.
1: Yeah, this what is about, from Houston. What, There's a photo of a dome. That is Houston. What about? So yeah, it can't be JT. Okay. We'll get to that in a moment. It's what, not JT.
0: What about this number ten guy with Muscle Milk uh, shift uh, stuff on it? Not, not that uh,
1: good. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna. He looks good all the time. I, I just can't do that. But uh, yes, the gear does not look good. It does not look good. Um, I just saw a picture of Cole Sealy and some crazy looking TLD gear from that night. I'll just go with that.
0: Okay, right, fair enough. I'm just not
1: taking Brayton, yeah, shit kid ever.
0: Just can't. No, no not possible. No. Um. Okay, and yet, uh, re racing. Where's JT? Well, wage?
1: We asked. Please explain. Yep. Yeah, uh, I did not realize who, who, the travel pattern. Houston, <laughs> West Coast races, then Houston, then back to San Diego. Here in 2011, I thought the Houston race was bef- was after, not before. Uh, so this is JT gets landed on by Stu the previous weekend. This is the uh, is, uh, the, f- the 47.
0: The that's Thomas.
1: Yes. Yes.
0: And so oh, that's great. I was doing the research again for this show, and I saw that from the week before, and I put it in our group text, in our big group text, I put the vi- just the video, and you wrote back, poor Stu. That guy need to get of oh, the way. Yeah. yeah, poor Stu. Poor
1: Stu. Yep. This guy that he landed on. Tough night for Stu. Yeah, tough night for yeah. Stu.
0: So, yeah, JT, so, yeah. in the words of JT, uh, hold on, let me dig it up here. He, uh, I stayed home. It was the week after Stu landed on me. I was on the couch with ice on my knee. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. So, uh, that is, uh, that was JT right there. Uh, not not a good night for him in Houston the week before. And he miss, no. And he misses San Diego. But that purple fly stuff, I mean, it, it's, it wasn't good either. <laughs> to, oh, you remember this? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was a big, oh, yeah. big year for that. Um, yeah uh jacob marsak award you got anybody i got mine
1: i got i got two actually. oh okay
0: all right you might have mine um
1: you know. the, the the real winner of the award i'm gonna go with ben evans um that was pretty mine. much forgot about
0: that was mine yeah
1: yeah 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 i think he's on uh this is the final throws of the original team solitaire which is now back i think it was team solitaire wasn't he i don't remember i think he was at the time what is he at eighth
0: he's eighth he's right ahead of ryan morris and kyle cunningham right behind ken Roxon. Uh, yeah not he, bad Ben Evans is now a rep for fly racing I believe
1: oh well wearing fly at the time yeah a photo of him here yep oh well he's from Idaho I think isn't he yeah he is so it makes sense he, it all makes sense
0: he also came up to Canada and he won a few nationals in the in the, in yeah. the MX2 class uh, really nice guy Ben Evans and yeah eighth place in the in the lights main was my choice also because I would not have said that Ben Evans finished behind Ken Roxon ahead of Ryan Morris at any point in any Supercross main made event if you'd asked me before
2: right
1: that's the point of this award right the guy can walk around and tell somebody something impressive he's at the bar so ben evans can be <laughs> like yeah i raced 250 supercross i got top 10 yeah right behind ken Roxon. and people would be like wait for reals yep he did yep cannot yep. take that away from yeah, him
0: he is he is definitely my uh jacob marzak award winner yeah. what do you got who else well
1: i got another shocking one here i can't even i'm trying to do the math on the birth dates here uh looking at the lights lcq just missing the main just short uh, is Evo Monticelli currently racing the GPs? He it says he was born in 1994, so I guess he was just barely old enough. Uh, so an Italian showed up for some Supercross, just missed the main. Did you have Evo Monticelli having raced Supercross and just missing a 250 main? Did you ever? Did you?
0: No, true. No, I still don't no. know what you're talking about. I gotta, double, I gotta, double, I gotta check myself.
1: Yeah, Monticelli, who races now, he's the guy that landed on. Uh, Herlings uh Herlings. two years ago. Yeah,
0: two. Yep. Yeah. Yep.
1: Yeah. He's born in '94, so let me do some math here. Yeah, I guess he would have been seventeen-ish, sixteen, seventeen. Uh, yeah. I had <laughs> no idea he ever tried Supercross, but here he was, just missed the main by one spot. And Martin Davalos won that LCQ, by the way. Oh, Marty. Um, yeah. but here's the part you really like, Steve. <laughs> you want to want to know where the AMA lists Evo Monticelli from? Hmm. <laughs> Are you ready? Yeah. Wildemar, California, comma Italy.
0: Awesome, perfect. What <laughs> that a is what a perfect yes. way. To that end, is so good. What a perfect way to end this pod. Just, <laughs> yep. The guy from Italy is from Wildemar, California, comma Italy.
1: Yes, like Davalos is listed from Cairo, Georgia, USA.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Evo is listed as Wildemar, California, Italy.
0: Never changed. Hashtag never changed. Yeah, no, just amazing. Just they 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 the AMA is just they're like like the Rolling Stones or Springsteen. They just deliver. Springsteen has been delivering for 40 years. Apparently his shows are just amazing. Like you have to have to see his concerts. He gives it his all. Yeah. He yeah. puts everything in his heart into the into the outer stage and that is what the AMA does. They are Springsteen. They never fail.
1: Well, it answers the question because if you're like, okay, is that the same guy that lives in Italy? Yes, it is. But where, how is he doing this? Well, I guess he was living in Wildemar for a month. Okay, thanks. You answered both questions.
0: Yeah, great. Thank, Thank you, you, AMA. Yeah, it's great. Thanks, thanks, guys. Yeah, they actually did. They actually <laughs> bat on us for, for laughing at this. They are full of information. Yeah, they were right. trying to give
1: us all the data, yeah. all the info.
0: Unbelievable. Jeez.
1: <laughs> I knew you would enjoy that. Oh,
0: oh great. Um, all right. Well, thanks. Uh, anything else for San Diego 2011?
1: I don't think so. Big night, big night for Chad Reed, big and, night. and really the sport of the proof that old guys yep. on their own teams can get it done.
0: Yep, yep. And I will, uh, I will keep everyone updated on the get stew on my Yamaha uh, attempt as well to try to get him to, you know, just be less less hatred towards Yamaha. So, uh, I have good no, luck. I have no doubt this will happen. No doubt. Uh, thank and you. Yamaha's
1: to- headquarters is now in Georgia. He lives in Florida. I feel like there's a better way, but
0: no, he's got to ride my bike
1: because there's a setup like Chiz.
0: Thank you. Uh, Thank you to Leah and Scott, Maxis, Guts, Decal Works. Thanks to Davo, Dave Osterman for his time as well. And uh, Weege, thank you, buddy. Appreciate it. Thanks.
1: Yep. See ya.